You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Gifted with Sheila White. I am so excited to have with us our guest on today. We are going to be sharing some important information. I am your host, Sheila White, and the podcast today will explore this year's World Breastfeeding Week theme, Protect Breastfeeding, a shared responsibility. And we'll be hearing from some of the panels that we have on our guests, some of our guests on our panels. It starts with the journey of an African-American woman, Taisha Hines from Chicago, her attorney, Stacy Vuko, and her breastfeeding peer counselor, Janelle Hughes-Jones. But before we get started, I'm going to share a little bit about World Breastfeeding Week, WHO, WHO, and UNICEF recommendations, and some common breastfeeding benefits, sound bites for those listening that might not be aware of the benefits of breastfeeding. World Breastfeeding Week is a global campaign to raise awareness and galvanize actions on themes related to breastfeeding. It's celebrated annually around the world from August 1st through August 7th, and the following is taking place from WABA site. Optimal breastfeeding is vital to the lifelong good health and well-being of women and children. WHO and UNICEF recommends early initiation of breastfeeding within one hour of birth, exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months of life, and continued breastfeeding up to two years of age or beyond with introduction of nutritionally adequate and safe complementary solid food at six months. Breastfeeding reduces the risk of the top three infant illness and infants, uh, chronic ear infection, especially the type that causes hearing loss, bronchitis, asthma, and diarrhea infections. In addition, breastfeeding also decreases the risk of childhood cancers, dental caries, obesity, diabetes, and SIDS. And new research is seeing a reduction in the development of mental health disorders, and the list just goes on and on. In women, breastfeeding reduces the risk of obesity, diabetes, breast and uterine cancer, MS, and new research is seeing decreased risk of mental health disorders as well. The above benefits are some of the common facts about breastfeeding, but there are also newer discoveries of stem cells in breast milk. And in 2007, um, the hormones such as leptin, however, it turns on and off the genes and how breast milk alters the microbiomes. My first guest on the panel today is Janelle Hughes-Jones, and I've known Janelle since she was a breastfeeding peer counselor at the Will County Health Department, and where she served, where we served together as co-chairs in the nonprofit JABA, which is Joliet Area of Breastfeeding Advocates. And at JABA, we educated, supported, and advocated for the needs of people and nurse, nursing their babies in the Will County area from 2003 to 2019. 
Janelle has since started her own 501c3 nonprofit organization called Milk of the Heart Incorporated. Welcome, Janelle, to today's show. Thank you, Sheila. Thanks for having me. Well, Janelle, um, I know there's a lot yeah. of things that we're going to go over today. Yeah, definitely. It, it kind of feels just like old times, like uh, <laughs> when we're doing all those events and everything back in Will County. So it's nice to be here. Um, if I could add that um, I started Milk of the Heart, Inc. because of you. Actually, you showed me how important it was to be in charge of my own funding of special projects and events that benefit nursing people in the community. So I wasn't a victim to like budget cuts or project cancellations due to funds. So thank you very much for that. You're welcome, Janelle, my friend. Thank you for that compliment as well. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, welcome, welcome, Stacey Vuko. She's of the law, Vuko Law, and she specializes in pregnancy, gender, and employment discrimination. So welcome today, Stacey, to the show as well. Thanks, Sheila. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm very grateful to you for the opportunity here to participate in this conversation today. And uh, this is especially important now um, because all of us are going through an important time in our history where we have the opportunity to participate in this national dialogue on human rights and civil rights. And I think for all of us over the course of this pandemic, we've seen some massive disruptions in the way that our society functions. And for many of us, we've had a lot more time as we've been in quarantine and isolated for our friends and family to reflect on some of the systemic issues that are plaguing our society. Um, and to, with the hope of, of, and goal of rebuilding things better than they were before. So I appreciate the opportunity to continue that dialogue with you and with your listeners. Um, you asked me what I do for a living. I am an attorney. I founded my own law firm in the Chicago area, which is now known as Buco Law LLP. And in my practice, I focus on civil rights cases and other public interest uh, cases. Okay. Okay. Which is really important. You're doing such a great work, uh, Stacey. Uh, there's a lot of people I know that need to hear this information on today. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the current uh, case, if we can, of what's going on with uh, Mrs. Hines. Yeah, thank you. Um, so Ms. Hines is one of my clients and I represent her in prosecuting her federal civil rights case against Lake County, Illinois and other defendants. Um, it's an opportune time for her to tell her story on your show, mm -hmm. especially in the context of this year's breastfeeding week thing, which is protecting breastfeeding, a shared responsibility. Um, and Taisha and I are working together on her claims for violation of her constitutional rights, which arise from her detention in a Lake County facility in 2019. Uh, so what happened, um, she was taken into custody, despite the fact that she had just been released from the hospital after undergoing an emergency C-section, and despite the fact that she had a one-pound baby in the infant special care unit. And Janelle can tell you a little bit more about what that looks like, but Essentially, my client was taken into custody and she pled with the staff to be able to pump and arrange for the delivery of her breast milk to her baby in the ISCU. And in response, the Lake County Sheriff and others forced her to do what's called pump and dump. 
And I, I'm hoping that we'll be able to let her share her story with you herself. I, I see her name popping up here. We want to just hear a little bit from you, Taisha. Let's go back a little bit. Um, Stacy was telling us a little bit about the story, but let's hear it in your own words. Um, I just know that on September 3rd, I was detained um, after leaving, being discharged from hospital, having a emergency cesarean and giving uh, return birth to my son. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm so nervous because I'm thrown off. Like I'm jumping in and out. I got so much going on, but that's okay. Taisha, I, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I totally understand what you're going through trying to talk about this experience because I also had an experience where I was pregnant and um, I was in the hospital and we didn't know whether or not I had, I had an emergency uh, surgery and we didn't know whether or not the baby was going to be born at 27 weeks. And so I understand how difficult this is to talk about. Um, but, you know, I, I know that all of us are here for a uh, shared goal of, of sharing your story so that people understand what happened here. And yeah. you and I are working together to try to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else. Right. Um, so I understand that you were, uh, you were at an appointment and you were 27 weeks, your baby was at 27 weeks gestational age. And, and were you admitted at that right. time? Yeah, straight from my appointment, I was admitted to the hospital. Okay. Did they tell you why they were admitting you there? Yes, pretty much. Uh, my son was small for his gestational age. So fetal restriction is what they were telling me it was for him to be 27 weeks. For him to be 27 weeks. Okay. And uh, for, for everybody who's listening, um, Danelle, or can, can you share what a 27 week old gestational age? I can. So um, the baby was about 1.764 pounds at birth. So I just wanted to give people a visual for those that don't know, like how big that is, or I should say how small. So I did a Google search for things that are one pound to put in perspective how small that is. And um, that some of the things that came up that are one pound are a shoe, a woman's sweater, a loaf of bread, a can of soup, three medium-sized bananas, a dinner plate, a football, and an umbrella. So if we had any two combinations of those things that I just listed, that actually would be two pounds, which is a half pound more than what Taisha's baby was at birth. So I just like to share that to kind of put it in perspective. Um, so even though preterm birth is not the norm, it is definitely safe to assume that um, it's normal for women that get admitted to the hospital for a preterm birth. They're not expecting to be admitted. And they might miss anything from a scheduled work shift to a doctor's appointment or picking up their kids from daycare or something like that. Um, so, uh, Taisha, were there any appointments that you missed when you got admitted to the hospital? And if so, what did you miss? Yes, I was supposed to see my probation officer. I had an appointment to see my probation officer. And I missed that. And while I was on bed rest, uh, I had court and I missed court. Okay. And then I think I remember you telling me that you were taking required like online classes as well. And you continued to do that despite the fact 
that you yes. admitted to the hospital. That's like commitment. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes. I think, I think I remember you told me the nurse was like, why are you still doing this stuff? And you just wanted to yeah. get the stuff done. I so did. I love I was, that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't so, want to make it seem like I was, I know everybody understood my, my situation, but like what happened to me was unexpected. So I still wanted to make sure people like my probation officer and my attorney seen that I was still trying. I was still trying to get this done. I was still compliant. Yeah, that shows a lot of responsibility. So that's awesome. So you miss your parole hearing due to the preterm birth. And then um, because you missed, you then went to the parole office, correct? Uh, I contacted my probation officer and then... Okay. Uh, yeah, I was told that I had a no court date and then I just showed up to court. Okay. So they were aware that you delivered preterm and yes. that you couldn't make it there. Okay. And despite knowing that, what happened? Despite knowing that, this, like all the paperwork, like confirmation and everything, I was still sentenced to 60 days jail time. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. that must have been scary that you had a baby in the issue that you're pumping yeah. for, visiting every day. Because, I mean, I would hear from you or see you almost every single day. And then you find out that you have to go and stay in jail during that time. Yeah, yeah. I was lost. I, it was just, it was nerve wracking. Like, I was, yeah, it was traumatizing. It was traumatizing. Yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine. So um, when you were there, did you tell the staff to call the hospital to confirm your story of the preterm delivery? Yes, but um, nobody confirmed. And while I was being detained, while I was in court, the mm -hmm. hospital was actually calling me. And that's really when like, my emotions went everywhere because I was told from everybody at the hospital, the nurses, the doctors, and everybody in the ISCU that they would only call me if it was an emergency or something going on with my son while he was in the ISCU. And uh, they, they just completely ignored me. Like they were just watching me just cry and everything. They trying to explain to them like I needed to answer their phone. I was just ignored and I wasn't able to answer that phone call. That's horrible. I am so sorry that happened. Did you, that's just horrible. Uh, did you tell them that you were breastfeeding and pumping? I did. I like they knew I was breastfeeding before I got discharged, and while I was in court, I explained it to my attorney and mm -hmm. to my um my um probation officer, and the, the so they let the judge know everything that I had just delivered, um, emergency C section. They just told them that I mean, told them that my son was in the SQ and everything. And I was breastfeeding and everything. So they knew everything. So then they, so what was the outcome? So they allowed you to pump, but you weren't allowed to get the milk delivered to the hospital? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So was it essentially like how Stacy said earlier, you just were only allowed to pump and dump? Yes. They brought me their own type of pump is like a, silicone hand pump and they, okay. I was like okay what am I supposed to do they just they told me that I was gonna have to pump it up had you ever even used a pump like that before no never it just threw me off 
And then were you used to, when you were in the hospital, I mean, I know, but for the audience, you used the hospital grade electric breast pump that the hospital provided you, correct? Yes. Yeah, and that's way stronger than what they had given you. And plus you had never used it before. Um, yes. How long did you stay in jail? I was there for like a, a day and a half. Oh my gosh. I was discharged yeah, the following day, yeah. Wow, I can't even believe or that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. How long were you in the cell before they said that you could either pump or pump and dump before they actually brought you the pump? I was there all night, and I, I was in the holding cell all night, so about eight hours before. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I can't help but assume that while you were in there, you experienced a dip in your milk supply because when people are in stressful situations, yes. um, it, it's very common that, and even women that are pumping at hospitals for their ISCU babies, if they're not by their baby, they have a hard time letting down to the pump sometimes. Yes. So and plus with how early that you had delivered the baby, you know, that's also a factor too. So I just, I'm, I'm sorry that happened, but so you did experience a dip in supply? I definitely experienced a dip in supply. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, yeah, I, because I don't know, like you educated me a lot and I can just pretty much just like, I witnessed it firsthand, me being in a stressful situation like that and how I was a little discouraged too. So, yeah. but I, I definitely pumped and it was like me first coming down, like I explained to you before, it was like, I had just started pumping, like that's how much uh, like it was a dip in my supply. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this is kind of, this also puts it in perspective too. A lot of times when women deliver a preterm baby, the neonatologists, the nursing staff, the physicians, I know I told you this as well, that colostrum and breast milk is like medicine for a preterm baby. Mm -hmm. And you were definitely educated in what was in that milk. So I have yes. to imagine, like, how did that make you feel? I felt like it was like withdrawal. And I didn't want my baby to feel like that. I know, you know, my baby was healthy or whatever you want to say. Like, yeah. But I just didn't want to feel like it was just stress. I was just scared for my son, like, and withdraw. I'm like, how is he going to get what he needs? Like, how is he going to be fed? You know what I'm saying? If I can't breastfeed yeah. my baby, like, so, and I didn't want him to, I didn't want him to have to take, like, an alternative. I wanted him to get my breast milk because of, you you know, being my doula and you educated me the way you was and everybody at North Shore that was educating me, I just felt like breastfeeding was the way to go. And you were doing well. Like you were, you were putting all the work. They were even when you were going there at night. I remember you said that they wanted you to get rest because you were definitely putting in the time and getting results. Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. And and that brings us to this, where nine days after you delivered, um, you had called me and told me that you were having a hard time letting down to the pump, and yeah. um, I went down to the room. And obviously, you know, when I'm in there, we're just talking in right. a relaxed way. And you started telling me about what happened at Lake County. Mm -hmm. And um, 
from what you were telling me, I did not like the sound of it. And it really sounded like you and your baby's rights had been violated. So yes. I was really hoping that Stacy would, would be able to help you. And I was yes. really happy that you agreed to call her and share your story. Yeah, it's difficult to talk about to anybody. It was difficult to tell you. It was difficult to tell Stacy, And it's still difficult to talk about. I'm so thankful that you did. I'm so thankful that you did. So we already were introduced to Stacy, um, and you did share a little bit about your occupation and your expertise. And um, if you wanted to share anything else about the types of cases that you take, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think this is really cool. Um, just kind of sitting here listening to you guys talking and thinking about how, um, you know, for at least Janelle and um, Janelle and I and Sheila have have not met before. And so in the context of this theme of shared responsibility at school that we're, we're all sitting here today, different backgrounds and professions, and some of us are not even geographically close. And we are um, talking about this issue, um, this theme of shared responsibility. And cool. so in the context of Taisha's case um, and, and shared responsibility. We, we, we have people here in, in our own state, uh, our fellow Illinoisans like Taisha, who are being denied their inalienable, inalienable rights and who are not being treated as members of our society should be according to our laws and our moral code by our institutions or governments. Um, we see women who are here in our state who are who want to and are entitled to be able to make certain decisions for their children, um, including decisions regarding nutritional needs. And they're being told that they cannot breastfeed or they're being shamed or they're placed in situations where it's impossible for them to breastfeed, like public restrooms, for example. Nobody's yeah. going to prepare food for their baby in a public restroom. Right. And you know, it's and, and the, the excuse that I continually hear in my practice is that basically it's inconvenient or it's allegedly disruptive for others or it embarrasses people. And, and that's not acceptable, um, given all the statistics that even Sheila was talking about at the beginning of this show. We're talking about organizations like the World Health Organization. And in Taisha's case, saying that premature babies should be given milk for the reasons that Janelle was mentioning earlier. And yet we're having people say, no, you don't have a right to do that. And so here in our case, um, I'm working with her in uh, a case in the federal court here in, in Chicago against Lake County and others. Um, and we are standing up for women's rights to breastfeed. And I'm arguing that it is a constitutional right whether that woman is at work or in the custody of Lake County or any other government or anywhere else. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I, I appreciate this opportunity, particularly because it is, it is a, it's a public interest case. And that means that we do need, yes. we, we need members of the public to be aware of this, but Definitely. we also are asking the public for help people who are in the public, and I don't think that people realize this, but where there are public interest issues, if you have relevant information, for example, and here 
in Taisha's case, I'm looking for information from people who know about the, the Lake County uh, Correctional Facility or the Lake County Sheriff's breastfeeding policies. Do you or somebody in your family or one of your friends, have you been in, the, in their custody and asked them to pump for your child or their child or ask them to breastfeed and have they denied that to you? Um, or, or do you have any, any information that could lead us to that? And that is something that um, in these types of cases, you know, talking about shared responsibility, people can come forward and give that information and your information can make it so that a person can continue on in their case. You've got to, you've got to have facts to support your case. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm asking and I appreciate Sheila giving me this opportunity to ask if anybody out there has information about any woman who was or is in the custody of the Lake County Sheriff and who was denied the right to breastfeed or pump breast milk, I'm going to give Sheila my, my email address and I'll tell you it right now. It's S Vuko. It's my last name. Be like Victor U-C-K-O at VucoLaw.com. V-U-C-K-O-L-A-W.com. Um, that's, that's information that we're collecting as part of this shared responsibility to, um, you know, put, put women in a, on better footing and, and, and to give, give them their rights back that they're entitled to and that have been uh, taken from them by some of our, our society. Well, Stacey, thank you for mentioning the theme. Um, and I, I wanna add, I, th I think it's kind of cool that you're, not kind of cool, it's just cool that you are a lawyer and just seeing the commonalities and the common thread that we all share. And unknowingly, you put in the words what the Surgeon General's call to action um, in 2011 stated, um, Regina M. Benjamin, um, she was then the Vice Admiral for the U.S. Public Health Services. She stated in the call to action for breastfeeding, and this is her quote, I have issued this call to action because the time has come to set forth the important roles and responsibilities of clinicians, employers, communities, researchers and government leaders and to urge us all to take on a commitment to enable mothers to meet their personal goals for breastfeeding. This call to action describes in detail how different people and organizations can contribute to the health of mothers and their children. So what's interesting is for many years, like since very early in my employment, probably even 16, 17 years ago, I've called many organizations, colleges, universities, lawyers, um, legal firms uh, to see if they would accept cases because I've been I've helped about eighteen thousand women so I've I've heard a lot of stories and um, I found you by chance because I was actually speaking at a baby expo and somebody uh, yeah. that you helped talked to me and gave me your name and um, everybody that I have ever sent to you I mean you're a beacon of light for the women that have been referred to you and also. Um, who have received your services. So, and I would also like to take a moment to thank Sheila White for quickly agreeing to switch the topic of this podcast today, because we were of course going to do a podcast for World Breastfeeding Week. And then when this came to light, I shared it, you know, I told you right away, Sheila, and yeah. you're like, great idea, let's shift. And we did. Yes. And uh, yes. I just wanted to brag on you a little bit, because 
not just like how Stacy had mentioned before, people brush things off yes. and they hear about it. It's like, oh, that's that's horrible. But like no one does anything. And if they do, it's not done with a quickness to actually help people. Correct. So I just appreciate that, you know, that you did this for us and you allowed us to come on your podcast. And um, if I could just brag on you a little bit more, you've been a breastfeeding advocate for three decades, created the Joyed Alliance of Breastfeeding Advocates. You were doing community breastfeeding, peer counseling trainings, um, hosting breastfeeding conferences that people from the state of Illinois were coming to and were in attendance. And then just over the years, you've just supported me, prayed for me on all my projects over the last 18 years. And, you know, you know that this job, as well as I do, can be challenging. And there's a lot of emotions, especially concerning compassion fatigue. Because the thing is, is when myself or anybody in the birth and breastfeeding field are listening to these stories, we hear stories every day. Yes. And it really, and it even gets me emotional now because it really, it's hard to sleep sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially when you call people. And that's where Stacey, you have no clue. Like you didn't have to take the call. You could have just said no, or I don't think we have enough information. And you did. And I just love it. Touch on that world breastfeeding week of uh, the theme, Janelle, a little bit protecting so protect breastfeeding, a shared responsibility. So this show is to help reveal the shared responsibility and the steps taken to help support a breastfeeding woman in real time against adversity. And in some instances, outright discrimination. It, you know, it was you know, meant to reveal the steps that breastfeeding advocates and policymakers can make in the way of fines or even a hotline to call to be able to make quick decisions where breastfeeding is concerned to be able to protect the breast milk supply and the breastfeeding relationship now, not two years after the court case happens now. And these safeguards are what we might see in an equally representative government. Um, It's important to note that if it was not for my hospital employing me as a breastfeeding peer counselor at their hospital, I would not have been in a position to even hear Taisha's story or connect her to my contacts to bring light to the story. So this is not the type of information that nurses or lactation consultants will even hear, nor do they have the time to listen to that because those stories that Taisha was telling me were over the course of me sitting with her for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, an hour and 20 minutes. And other staff do not have that type of time to do that. Um, And, you know, they, they typically will not refer a woman on or follow up on a situation like that because quite frankly, it's not part of their, their job or their job description. Right. So, but a breastfeeding peer counselors training is deeply rooted, as you know, Sheila, the loving yes. support training, it's deeply rooted in counseling and listening to the person's story. That's right. So from 1994 to the present, I've been employed for 18 years and have listened to 18,000 breast and chest feeding stories and have heard my share of rights violations. And in the same way that we're supposed to see something and say something from anything from possible terrorism, community policing, child abuse, we should also be mandated reporters for breastfeeding peoples that have suffered abuses as well. Um, My suggestions maybe for an Illinois policy change would be to institute that hotline, like I mentioned before, that a breastfeeding woman or a chest feeder, or even a person exclusively pumping could call in real time Mm -hmm. to report possible rights violations. 
Okay. Um, and decisions should be made to err on the side of caution on behalf of the nursing or pumping person's milk supply and her, their relationship with their baby because there are also decisions or formal judgments in favor of places of business, government entities, or any location in Illinois where a woman is allowed to breastfeed or pump should be delayed until the issue can be looked at through a physiology and anatomy lens as well as an equity lens in favor of the health of the nursing or pumping dyad. So mm -hmm. in the event that an entity has infracted someone's rights, then a fine could be instituted and would be placed in a fund for people in need of an attorney such as Stacy, or even for the cost of hospital records to bring a case to trial. So one of the things, I don't remember if Taisha shared this with me, I think she might have where you had mentioned the cost, how much, right, Taisha? The cost that was required for you to get yeah. copies of all of your health uh, health records. Like you had just been admitted for three weeks. You know, yeah. we're not even touching on the fact that if somebody goes to a doctor's appointment and then doesn't go to work for three weeks, like, yeah. are they going to be able to keep their job with, you know what I mean? Like, is, is the job protected? Plus, afterwards you know how much money was lost in that whole circumstance and now you have to pay for all of the you know for all of the copies so but um i just wanted to touch on this that in june of 2019 illinois department of corrections had already changed its policy uh to permit inmates to breastfeed their children during visits and um, in the words of amy meek who was the senior staff attorney um aclu of illinois She's, she, she's quoted as saying, breastfeeding is a fundamental and personal reproductive decision protected by state law, including when a parent is incarcerated. It's time for the department and all entities to recognize and accommodate the rights of parents who breastfeed in Illinois. So even though the IDOC conformed to the Illinois Right to Breastfeed Act, this situation is unique and compounded by the fact that it involves the science and challenges of pumping in a stressful environment and trying to pump an engorged breast for a tree, a preterm baby that was born at 29 weeks and five days, only weighing, I just like to hit that point, 1.764 pounds. Right. So it should also be reiterated that the judge and the parole officer could have let Taisha answer the call from the hospital, ISCU, or no, called and requested, you know. Janelle, I, that's, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I just sure. wanted to bring something to the light as well. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's about the babies, you know, like, as well, because, you know, you wanted to, I don't know, put me in jail, but I don't feel like anybody thought about my premature baby my baby was so small and all I was being taught while we was at the SQ was skin to skin breastfeed yeah and giving my son that time and all of that helps with his development and for me to be sentenced to 60 days that's all I was thinking about like who was going to be there you know because you're more familiar with my situation yes you know like you and Stacy and I was the only one and so I, that's that was my thing that was just always on my brain like my son my son my son you're not thinking about my son my black baby was that's that's how I felt like you didn't care at all but, yeah yeah mm -hmm. and like it's, 
Yeah. Just thank you for sharing that because Taisha, a hundred percent, you're not alone. You didn't have to call Stacy, and you did. Right. I mm-hmm. tell a lot of people about Stacy, and not everybody will call. And you did. And I thank you for stepping out and being brave. Thank you so much. You know, I it was hard trying to get into this, but I just wanted to myself personally thank Miss Sheila as well because. Yeah, I, I just appreciate this time because it's it was hard and it's still hard. Like like you, I feel like you, Janelle, like yeah, up all here. I don't know, up all night, couldn't like couldn't sleep because I'm just thinking like, how can you do this to somebody? Like you know. Well, we're just so excited to know that um, you did follow through, um, Taisha, and called Stacy. It's really really important because. We know that breastfeeding is the ideal food for infants. It's safe, it's clean, and it contains yes. antibodies, which helps protect against many common childhood illnesses. So we're so glad that you yes. reached out to Stacy, and we're so excited that Stacy uh, reached back across the table and did pick up the phone and did make that contact, and that is she's representing so many women and individuals out there that are being violated or that their rights are being stepped on. You know, and even though the health benefits are there by the, you know, the World Health Organization for breastfeeding, there are still lots of places where early introduction of formula remains common practice. And that's why we're doing the show today to bring education, to bring support, to bring advocacy so Mm -hmm. that people can realize that there is someone out there that can help you in the situation. I know, Janelle, you you work with Milk of the Heart Incorporated, and that's a breast education and support organization. Um, yes. How can people reach out to you in this 501c3 nonprofit organization to get help for, you know, breastfeeding support? And uh, also, Stacey, we want you to give your information out again, because there are people that need to know where they can go to get this support. Definitely. Definitely, Sheila. Um, well, I have a Facebook page called Milk of the Heart, Inc., and um, if you go on that page, you'll be able to get a hold of me. Also, if you um, go on Facebook, Janelle Hughes Jones, you can find me there as well. Both of these sites have my phone number attached. And then um, my personal email, which I throw out in a lot of blogs and various locations, it's just my full name, which is J A N E L Y H U G H E S. J-O-N-E-S at gmail.com. Um, all of my work is done for free. Um, everything that I have ever done for this organization has been done for free. People usually hear about me from word of mouth and um, I get donations from people that I've helped before and not necessarily, I have gotten monetary donations, but it could be just in the form of diapers, wipes, um, clothing to incentivize breastfeeding classes. So I take all donations and, um, I will help you for free. So just reach out. Wow. And Stacy, could you give us your information again, so that people can be able to reach out to you, um, for help and to get counsel in these types of situations? Of course I am online. My firm's website is vucolaw.com that's v like victor u c k o l a w.com my phone number's on there it's 312-522-2517 
And my email address is on there. It's sbuco at bucolaw.com. And um, I want to say thank you again. We're, we're hoping, you know, if there's anybody out there that needs to um, have counsel for civil rights issues, um, you know, that's, that's the type of work we do, but particularly for, for purposes of being here today, anybody who has knowledge about, um, you know, breastfeeding policies and practices in the Lake County Correctional Facilities, particularly if you've been a victim of that, Taisha is standing in the shoes of all women who are in that position, and we have the opportunity to prosecute her claims, um, but, but we're going to need some additional information in the next couple weeks if possible, so that would really help her and help this cause. And we just want to thank um, Taisha. You are the reason that we're here. Um, we're all breastfeeding moms. We've been through this before. You're not alone. There are a lot of people out there in the community that are out there that are, have experienced situations like this. So we want you to reach out, get in contact with Janelle Hughes-Jones, get into contact with Stacy Vuko, because these are women that are here to help. And Taisha, I just want to thank you again for coming on and telling your story uh, about you know, experiencing this discrimination at the state facility. Um, there's a lot of things going on out there, and we want people to be aware. This has been a phone booth moment for a lot of people out there that have been suffering in silence with this situation. And so we just want to thank yeah, everyone. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you, Aisha. Thank you very much. Aisha, so much. Thank you, Janelle, as well, because this phone booth moment will really help someone. So we want you to reach out there um, and make contact, make contact with Stacy, make contact with Janelle. And, and Taisha, we support you. We support you in this cause. We thank you for your courage to be able Thank to tell your story so that you can help someone else out there that may be going through uh, a difficult situation. Uh, Stacy, is there anything that you would like to say as we get ready to close? Anything additional? Oh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, we, we pretty much have covered everything. I mean, I mean, we're, we're uh, out here kind of in real time, like Janelle said, doing what we can um, I do a lot of ADA cases. I represent people with disabilities. I represent uh, basically the underdog. And we have a system that by design is inherently unfair and stacked against vulnerable members of our society. So I agree, you know, it's important that we're all doing what we can to, uh, you know, right that wrong, so to speak. That's awesome. And Janelle, is there something that you would like to say before we close? Um, I know there's a lot of things going on. This World Breastfeeding Week is happening. And um, there's a lot of women that sometimes feel intimidated, even breastfeeding in public. Uh, what would you like to say to someone out there that may be feeling a little nervous about maybe their experience or just um, need that encouragement to just, you know, breastfeed their baby and uh, know what the, know about their rights? You know what? I mean, this this podcast right now I have goosebumps I feel like saying whoop, whoop, like <laughs> I'm really charged up right now and um so all I can say is I hope that you feel empowered I hope that you don't feel alone I hope yeah. that you realize that breastfeeding the education for breastfeeding the support protection of breastfeeding the advocacy all of those things are grassroots efforts so just reach out to somebody that can help you and then become a part of the safety net for all women because we are all in this together. 
there's more of us than than them. (laughs) (laughs) And we want everyone to remember that World Breastfeeding Week theme, protect breastfeeding, a shared responsibility. And we're so excited and thank all of our guests on the panel today. And um, it's just so important because the World Breastfeeding Week is a global campaign to raise awareness and galvanize actions on themes related to breastfeeding. And it's celebrated every year annually around the world, the first week of August. And so we just want to thank everyone for being on the podcast today. Uh, We hope this has been, information has been really insightful, really inspirational to you. And we really hope that you will take this information and share it. You know, we want you to have a pen, call a friend and let someone know out there that you care, that you support them, that are breastfeeding, a breastfeeding mom. Stacy, thank you again. Taisha, you have our heart. <laughs> we really thank you so much for sharing your story. Janelle, my friend, we'll talk with you again very thank soon. Thank you again, Sheila. And uh, just want everyone to know to just support the women out there that are doing the right thing. They're just standing up for their own rights. And that's the right of every human um, being. And so we just want to thank everyone for listening today. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, you can go to www.road2eternity.net, hear the entire broadcast. You can get Stacy's information on there as well. You can also uh, get Janelle's information on there. Their contact information is on there to get more information. Thank you all for listening. Remember, you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.